You're listening to Fortnite Podcast with your host, Too Loud TX and Monster Defense. What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. I'm your host, Too Loud TX, and here with me today, the one, the only, the man that just did Twitch Rivals, Mr. Monster Deface. What's going on, buddy? That's right. Just did Twitch Rivals, and fun fact, I'll be playing in Twitch Rivals this week in Apex Legends, so I know it's a, right. it's a totally different coin flip, but wow. uh, spent, spent my entire day training, by the way. Feels wow. good. Wow. Well, any any chance of Epic sponsoring this show just got thrown out the window because you mentioned nah. Apex. So <laughs> hey, listen, guys, I'm a gamer at heart. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, guys, uh, obviously me and Monster have been traveling so much. Last week we didn't have a show. Uh, he he was traveling to do the Twitch Rivals. I was traveling uh, back from CWL Champs, and then I took off to Atlanta for a charity event with Fortnite at the Atlanta Braves, which was a lot of fun. Uh, so it was a crazy week, but we're back here with you this week. So hopefully you guys, um, you know, didn't miss us too much. And, uh, you know, we're, we're bringing you a good one, jumping back into it. I can promise you that. Make sure you are following us on Twitter at the Fortnite podcast and checking out monsters videos every single day on YouTube for all the latest content that's going around Fortnite, of course. And then, you know, gaming, like you said, he's a gamer. You, you just do gaming videos. So that's right. Well, with all that said. I did tell you we're coming back hot and we're coming back real hot with a special guest, somebody that I've wanted to have on for a long time. He is uh, he's a winner um, across multiple titles, uh, and you definitely know him if you follow Fortnite at all. But he won $1.8 million at the Fortnite World Cup, coming in second in the solos. Mr. Sum from CounterLogic Gaming, buddy, how are you doing? Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on your show. Yeah, man, we're excited to have you here and uh, and hear a little bit about your journey. Uh, Monster, I know you've been taken back by Sam for a long time watching him play. He's been one of the players we talk about offline, even when we're talking about Fortnite. No, yeah, I'm a big fan of Sam. Uh, just, I don't know, there's something about his grind that, to me personally, just early on and kind of stood out. And uh, I've always kind of like, you know, rooted him on whenever I had the opportunities up on the stage. I think they <laughs> date back to, yeah, almost every single time I've casted and, you know, Sam was involved in the tournament. He's kind of shown up and, and proven to people that, you know, he's just a dark horse. I'm going to look out for And just as, you know, time has gone on, he's continued to make a name for himself in the space. And for good, good reason, right? Well, yeah, yeah. A good show. No, absolutely. I, he's kind of, uh, you know, we introduce you here, but then we're going to talk you up a little bit. So you, you got to have some ground <laughs> to stand on, but uh, he caught my eye at WSOE when he was winning not one, but he won two at WSOE, two uh, victory rails, I believe. And that was like an eye-opening moment for me because he wasn't on the side of invited players. He was on the side of people that came through. With like, wasn't it like a one-game qualifier? Wasn't it something crazy like that? that yeah, you guys- it, was, it was like we would have to wait like six hours just to play, and we played one game. And it's funny, my lobby, I think it started with like 55 people. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. Yeah, no, it was a rough day for sure. Yeah. So, uh, you know, then he came through there, able to make it, and they really caught my eye. But as I said, man, second place at the Fortnite World Cups, got to be on your list of, of the top things. So I got to start there. I got to ask you, what was it like in that moment when you realized I got second place at the Fortnite World Cup? I just won over a million dollars. Yeah, you know, um, as I was waiting for the final standings to come in, I was like staring at the big screen. And um, I was, you know, I was like, 
there's no way I did it. You know, there's someone, someone passed me out. Someone like had a monster game who was in top 10, top 15. They passed me. I, there's no way I secured second or even third. And I saw my name up there on second. And I just like, I don't know if you guys were there in the stands or like if the camera was showing at all, but I was literally running back and forth on the podium or on the stage for like 10 minutes, just screaming and yelling at people. Well, you, it was it was crazy. You've yeah. had a ton of success out in in gaming in general through through your pro career and in, in both Heroes of the Storm and Fortnite. But you, this spread, have you ever seen somebody like Booga having literally what was it twenty twenty six extra points above everybody else? That performance, I mean, you know the competition and the level you played. Like you said, coming in second, you thought maybe I came in third or fourth or where I, where you weren't sure where you were. But somebody like Booga going in with 59 points, mm-hmm. how strong of a performance was that? And what was that like knowing he was there challenging every time you were there? In a, especially in a battle royale kind of game where like, you know, you can get, you can get affected by so many different factors. The fact that he was able to put on a performance that nearly doubled second place, that's like, it, that's once in a lifetime kind of thing. Like, you're not going to see something like that again, I think. 26 points above second, when when I had like 30, 33 points, you're not going to see something like that again. Yeah, I, I thought that was, was so incredible. As Monster said, he's always kind of predicted you to come in the top few spots at these because your consistency, getting you there to 33 Let's talk about the consistency a little bit, man. How hard was it to be consistent on that stage? It's tough, man. You're, you're gathered with 100 of the best players in the world, and the lobbies are so stacked. you got to have a very, very well-prepared game plan. And honestly, you need to have a lot of luck as well. Like, in the end, it is a BR, especially in solos and Fortnite. You need, like, luck on your side. Like, Booga, he got stacked. He was landing lucky landing with two other people, which is, you know, it's not enough loot for three people. He was getting stacked. Me, on my baller route, I was getting stacked. Like, Epic World, got th- he was getting stacked. Right? And then, like, things just kind of have to line up. And you, t- you need to have, like, a perfect game plan and you execute it perfectly. And everything needs to line up for you to do that well at a solo tournament. And that, that was one of the things I touched on, especially when people kept saying, who do you think is going to win and take it? I was like, any one of them can come out top five, top ten. The only difference maker is going to be whose date it is. Like literally whose stars are going to align just loot wise. And then like zone wise, because ultimately all of you guys are that darn good. Obviously, clearly you guys went through the ringer, right? To make it to the main stage. Most players, multi-qualifier, you know, multi-qualifying up until that point. So it's literally, like you said, it was, it was about getting stacked. Epic Will, you said, had a really great run. I, I want you to kind of just walk us through what was your loot run because I don't think Fortnite has released your World Cup uh, VODs yet, and they have a bunch of them. They've been, like, dishing them out there. And the baller's out the game, so I don't know if you want to, like, you know, talk too much about it. But if no, you do, yeah. like, I was just curious, like, where were you, uh, like, landing and, what, like, and whatnot? Yeah, no, yeah. Um, shout out to Epic though. They kind of kind of did me dirty a little bit. I was like, damn, I feel okay. Uh, but I understand. Like, you know, my play style is not the flashiest. It's not like the most fun to watch. But um, I'm an older gamer. I'm not as quick as these like teenagers, you know. So I gotta, mm. I gotta win differently. Um, so you gotta think a little bit more. Use your brain a little bit more. Uh, so my loot path, um, I took a very very safe one. One that I knew that maximum i would see maybe one person and he would also be in a baller so we weren't gonna fight um so i went through i landed pleasant balls and then there's like a bunch of 
isolated chests that you can kind of grab a uh, couple of umbrella, a couple of battle old battle bus, and then there's like mount chests and there's like a mini RV. And then um, honestly, for me, my game plan was I don't even care if I don't get a shotgun. Like I don't care how bad my loot is. What I'm gonna focus on is getting storm surge tags early, getting max mats, and playing with my ball, and getting to the late game. Because like if I can just secure some placement points using the baller and having maximum mats, then that's all I need to do. Because I knew going into the tournament that first or second was going to be around 30 to you know 35 points. So if I could secure like maybe five placement points a game, I'm in a good spot to make like top 10. Um, yeah. Did you, did you ever think I'll actually be in top three, top two, I'll get second place to that? I mean... Did that ever really cross your mind? Obviously, we all dream about it, but did you ever really think about it? Um, honestly, I would have been happy just getting top 20 going into the tournament. Um, I actually expected a lot more people to kind of contest my route. Um, but I knew that if I had my baller route like completely uncontested, um, there were like four people dropping my ball spot, the spawn spot like every game, but no one actually was contesting my loot route. And um, that was huge. Because if, if my loot route's untouched, then I, I honestly, I run through like 12 to 14 chests or something. It's actually pretty good. And um, in practice, people were in customs, customs, you know, before it, people were like people were taking parts of my route. But when it came to the actual tournament, I had it all. So, well, was there ever a point when you were in that game, maybe after first game, maybe it was after second game, because first game, everybody was everywhere, it seemed like. Uh, but after that second game, did you were you like, wait a second, no one doesn't look like anybody's gonna contest me. I have a, I have a free run here. If I do this for the next four games, I'm I'm gonna make it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like I knew going in, if I'm if I get the loot that I want and I and I execute my playstyle and I look for the placement points that I want, I was gonna have a really really good run. Yeah, I, I think that's what's interesting. You also talk about using your brain. Um, and, and taking those extra steps, preparation, what was preparation like for you? What was, what was the song preparation? Was it just, you know, keep watching VODs? Was it, Hey, I, I got to practice these certain rotations. Did you have a plan B in place as well? Like what was some of that preparation that you had? Um, honestly, a lot of it just comes down to experience with scrims, um, which zones, when to move each zone, you know, um, how to be safe rotating, all that stuff just kind of comes from experience. The main thing I was worried about the most, like I was kind of freaking out the night before I was like stressing about it all week was how to get storm surge tags, especially as a baller player who's not going to be fighting on spawn, you know, because at the World Cup, there were probably like 30 other baller players landing on balls. And, you know, everyone's got to have a plan for storm surge. Yeah. yeah. And I was just, I was just thinking to myself, where can I, where can I get it? You know, where, where will I sacrifice some loot and set up early so I can get tags? You know, where will I farm mats if I have to base up early and then, you know, sit there for like a minute looking for tags? Like, I had to think all the stuff out where I was going to get my mats, when, you know, when I'm going to get my loot, when I'm going to base up and tag, when I'm going to move to the next zone, if I'm going to edge zone or move central early. It's, it's a bunch of stuff when you got 80 players in the lobby after first zone. How do you break? Think, how do you break that was, down, though? I was going to ask you, Monster, as well. Like, how do y'all break that down into segments? Maybe even when you're evaluating film, Monster, you're, you're talking about it, and and for you, so I'm like, 
when you're preparing, how do you break that down? Do you break those down in like little segment bites? I know I'm going to do this at this point of the game as I go through. I think it varies game by game, of course. And so I kind of play it by ear. Like some games, like the zone's going to be a little bit weird. So I'm like, okay, I don't think there's going to be any safe metal that I can grab. Like, I don't think I can max on metal this mm. game. I'm, I'm probably going to be playing with 300. Um, let's get tags now. And then maybe I can find metal later or something. And so it honestly it always changes based on the zone, based on people's rotations. And it just comes with experience, I think. What about for well, you, Monster? Level, I was just going to say his level of flexibility, I think, is super important as a pro player. But what I wanted to touch on before we even got to your question, Troy, was just that I saw afterwards a lot of people that qualified kind of like not not that they they blame themselves way more than you would have thought and a lot of them felt like dang you know what i felt like i let an opportunity pass because i wasn't necessarily preparing the way like you hear psalms talking like routes and then alternatives and like kind of micro strategizing the game because that's what you want to do right if you want to be top five top ten you literally need to have a continuous contingency plan for almost everything. Like you said, if his route is contested, where do you go? If storm surge might be a big issue, what parts do you want to kind of, you know, min max Uh, min maxing is something I feel like a lot of Fortnite players do not take uh, seriously. And I guess that comes again from your competitive experiencing. Mm -hmm. Um, You understand that small leads can go a long way. Another player that kind of plays that um, for like, I guess the small wins, a vivid place like that, but um, that's, you know, going besides the point. Uh, but what, what I really want to touch on is those kind of like min maxing in Fortnite is super important. And um, a lot of players felt like they let this big opportunity, the world cup slip out of their fingers because they did not min max. They just had this, Oh, I know my landing spot. And then I'm going to play from there. And that was mm-hmm. probably the worst idea, right? Because then you don't think ahead of that. What, what do you do when you have zone on yourself? What do you do when, you know, you, you have to literally play the variables out and then, you know, formulate your strategy, all 1000 strats, if you need them all, because this is the world cup, obviously. Right. Yeah. I, I think what's so interesting about it too, is just the level, like you're talking about of some hasn't said like, Oh, I build battled every day before I did this. Right. Or like these certain things, he knows where his strengths were. And he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to plan to play to my strengths. And you talk about that a lot, Monster, like planning and playing through your strengths. And, and you know, as I was go back, you know, tying back into my questions, like for you, Monster, when you look at these games and you watch these games, some of these segments that he's breaking it down to, right? Like, I mean, some, I mean I've, we've talked about Fortnite for a year. I've never heard anybody tell me if I can't get the mats there, I'm going to go ahead and base them now, get my damage and then worry about my mats, right? Because you, he knows the things that he's having to counterbalance. So as a, as a caster too, when you're there, there's other things you're having to counterbalance when you're watching and breaking down these vids. Like, what are some of the other things maybe that poke out to you that are like, you've seen maybe in his gameplay or any other gameplay throughout the Fortnite World Cup, you're like, oh, this preparation was a little different. Yeah, just in general, I've been, so like I've revitalized the uh, VOD review series specifically on my channel. Lately, we've been taking a look at Middle Eastern players and just looking at setups and stuff. Obviously, right now, what's hot is trios. Uh, Seeing how trios set up and plan attacks. Um, One fight that recently stood out uh, with with the team that I VOD reviewed, the Middle Eastern number one team, they come from uh, the SCA region. Well, Ultimately, they set up their shot around landing on hoverboards, but that's just because the game is changing. So one, they, they stick for mobility, but something that was really interesting in their specific game, when you review it, 
they land in a in a place where it's naturally um, lower elevation. So they land at the factory just outside of Junk Junction. So they're like in a pinch already. So no one really wants to spawn there. But what they do is they jump on hoverboards. They quick loot. They sacrifice all early game mass. They probably farm very, very minimal uh, pallets and then instantly dip out. They never look for the battle up towards jun Junction, regardless of the, the, the uh, weapons they have. But it's because they're already starting at a disadvantage. They're starting lower. But it's these small tweaks in how people play. And then they min-max landings in style to then turn around big victories. So they go from there and then they set up a siege on Pleasant Park Rotators or Block Rotators because they get to the mountain first. But they would never, ever, ever fight jun Junction Squad, no matter how great their loot is. It's just not the battle they want to take. And that's like a min-max strat right there because most people would be like, oh, I landed. Let's go get a pump. Yee-ho, right? And they go crazy. They want to go just fight for points and then hover out. But they would they actually never battle. They take their vehicles. They stick to the clean strat. They get to mountain first. Then they say, okay, ultimate high. Get pings, which gives them storm surge advantage. And then they jump in the riff. One person scouts riff hard and then hoverboard dive on, the, on whoever it is they're going to battle. And it's like just... It's small, but it's like also like it's like eloquent, right? You look at it, you're like, damn, like they got a nice little strat right here. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's those kind of that, that planning, that preparation. Um, and this is a Middle Eastern team, which is now these these are this is a new region. This is our latest region. So I'm most um, excited to watch them because they've been playing under um, European and uh, Asian regions with a very high ping, but they're one step closer to having lower ping, which means that they can get uh, even uh, yeah, more recognition yeah. for their skill. So let's see who really is the greatest now that at least they get a little bit better ping. And I, I know it's not great uh, for anyone from the Middle Eastern region that listens to us, 30 to 60 ping, I know it's painful, but hey, it's one step closer. So and that's what I'm living with here in Texas. All right. That's what I'm living I mean, with we, here in Texas. Yeah, Texas, our sensory stuff is not much better. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I wanted, I wanted to ask you to kind of sum up your Fortnite World Cup experience. What is something, Sam, that you learned from this event that have, you haven't learned from all the other ones or, or that you take away like, man, this is, a, this is the experience that I have and I learned? Um, to be honest, I don't think I learned so much as like I kind of confirmed more uh, because this was the most stacked tournament to date, right? Mm -hmm. And I knew... Like you guys, I was playing to my strengths and uh, a lot of that comes from my MOBA background and MOBA is you got to find the whole game out, start to finish. And then, mm -hmm. you know, you have to give and take every situation or you get, you get, you, you get ganked in one lane and someone dies here, you got to give up something and take something else. And so I think that style of thinking and strategizing really, really helped me at the world cup. Mm -hmm. uh, something that a lot of players lack, I think. And if they added it to their gameplay, like if they thought about the game a little bit more analytically, Dave, absolutely nuts. Like take Scented, for example. He he's a player who has both great mechanics and he has great brain. And his trio won four four tournaments in a row. And that's no fluke, you know. And so I I think a lot of these players, if they can, you know, combine it all, they're gonna become some great players. And um and it was it was nice to affirm that because you know, a lot of people do sleep on me. A lot of people, you know, I'm old, whatever, you know, I I don't know. Whatever. I'm slept on. And even after the World Cup, I'm still, I'm still kind of slept on, to be honest. Uh, but it was nice knowing that, you know, a good game plan, executing it, you know, is still rewarding, even in like a BR game as Fortnite. You, you mentioned your career in HOTS a little bit. Uh, for people that don't know, I mean, you, you have quite the list of, of wins over there as well. I mean, you, it wasn't like you just played HOTS and just played it. 
I mean, <laughs> this man, I don't, I don't know if you know this, Monster, but this man got first place in the 2018 Heroes of the Storm Championship Phase 1 in North America Pro League. All right. Yeah, like, I, I heard, dude. Top, like, like I'm telling you, top finishes across the board for years since two what 2000 and freaking 15. Like you won tons of championships. How sweet was it? How sweet was it? This one over all those though. It was there was there one that sticks out amongst all years in your career? Um, I think the most memorable one besides obviously the World Cup. I mean, I want 1.8 mil. Nothing yeah, that, that. That's a lot of money. You can't really compete <laughs> with that. I get that. I'll tell you that. Uh, taking the uh, money away. Should, should I say yeah, taking, taking the, the money away? The most away. memorable one uh, was I qualified for, for BlizzCon, which is like all the world championships happen at BlizzCon for the Blizzard games. Um, and that was in 2016. And that kind of was um, the big thing that led me to drop school entirely and just focus I'm focused on wow. gaming and, and, and being a pro full time. And that, so that, that tournament meant a lot to me. What did your parents say to you when you, when you quit gaming or when you quit school to do gaming? Um, and what do they say now? That's what I want. I want, what did they say then? And what did they say after <laughs> 1.8 mil? No, no. Uh, so in high school, <laughs> they weren't as supportive, obviously because esports wasn't really, uh, like a big thing, what seven, seven, eight years ago. Yeah, and that was when I was playing Dota two at a top level, and me too. I was like, oh, okay. I don't think esports is gonna, you know, be huge. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna quit and go to college, which is what I did. And then, um, uh, I got to this level in Heroes, just kind of playing on the side, and like, oh, damn, I'm actually good at this. And so, when my parents saw that I was actually making enough money to sustain myself and to like justify dropping out, they were, you know, they, they actually did support me. And uh, I mean, obviously now they so support me. What, what a did lot they more. say after the World Cup? <laughs> what did they say after the World Cup? Uh, honestly, nothing, nothing like too crazy. They were just like they were ecstatic, though. They were they were I, super happy. I can't imagine as a parent how happy I'd be if my son told me he won one point eight million dollars, especially no, if it yeah. was in Fortnite. I would be extravagant. But yeah, that's that's unbelievable. Uh, what do you say, like between both your careers uh, in Hots and in Fortnite? Uh, like you said, some of the thought process maybe that you had in Hots is is definitely come over to Fortnite, but. Besides that, what's so different about the scenes? I can only imagine like age difference, right? Like this age group of players is mm-hmm. way younger. But are there some other major differences in Fortnite that have kind of stuck out to you? Or uh, maybe some things that were in HOTS that stuck out to you that you're like, you know, these have been impactful in the scene? Um, I think one biggest difference between the scenes is, so in HOTS, there's a pro league which means you're stuck with the same teammates for six months at a time. Whereas in Fortnite, you see these guys they're dropping trios, dropping duos every other week. Uh, one bad performance, drop them. So one thing you have to learn in Heroes is you really, you really have to learn to live with your teammates. You got to learn to voice your concern. You know, you got to you know, tone it down with the till and, and you know, blame the others. And you really got to make it work if you're going to live for the next six months. And if you want to do well, especially, you really got to check your ego pretty much. But in Fortnite, I don't really see that too much. You know, it's everyone's got egos. Um, and everyone's like, oh, this guy's trash. Pick us someone new. 
Oh, next week I, you guys I, don't do well. By the way, totally agree. I, and I, yeah. I personally, and I dislike that a lot about the Fortnite scene. Like, um, one thing that I was like, really, Aqua and Nyrox, you guys are just gonna split after taking first place? Yeah. Like, yeah. who cares why you want to not play together? Like, figure it out, bros. Yeah. Like, you guys just showed some crazy. Like, unless it's some yeah, no. you know wild, right? Yeah, Behind yeah. the scenes, like, all right, you got to leave that mm-hmm. guy and get out of there. Um, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. so many, so many great teams. You just see, like, legit, take a first place one week, then split the next. I'm like, why not just play, 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 and actually be the greatest? You've already, you've already proven you have what it I takes. think it has to do oh, with a lot of things. Need. Like, I mean, some, like he said, he's learned. The one thing about sports in general, people always say about traditional sports, is how it teaches you how to win, how to lose, how to be a teammate, right? Like, those are the three things that traditional sports, we all tell our kids when they're growing up, this is the good things about sports. Uh, th- we have to show, I feel like we have to show this in esports eventually. Like we have to be not able, in, but not in the Fortnite scene. It's just like coin like, flips. Th- that's what I'm saying. Like the own, like the biggest positive to Fortnite ever adapting and they won't, but to, to, for, for Epic to ever say, we're going to like do uh team exclusive things like org team orgs is that it does all of a sudden create this atmosphere where like some saying you have to learn how to play with your teammates, but not only that, you have to learn how to get better together and it's beneficial, right? Like these kids live leaving one after the other, instead of saying, Hey, like, let's figure out how do I play with somebody like this? How do I play with your style? How do you play with my style? How do we gain off of each other? That doesn't happen. Uh, who's, who's your duo right now? So my duo, I'm doing a symmetrical right now. Yeah, I mean, okay. And how, how long, how long have you guys been as a team as it, as has it been uh, able to like, have you guys been able to stick together for a while since joining up together or have you been a part like, of the coin flip too? Uh, it's been like four months. Okay. Trio has been a little bit more of a, of a disaster. Right. Right. Disaster wise. But, um, I, I will say one thing. So Fortnite as a game compared to other esports, like the level of strategy and teamwork needed in Fortnite is a lot less than like other big like League of Legends or like Dota. It, it just is. So it's a lot more forgiving in Fortnite to like start with someone new and like perform. like because you see that sometimes like right. you see people pick up two new players in trio and they'll do super well. And you, know, you try to pull something like that in the league, you just you swap your entire roster around, you're gonna be shit for a long time until yeah. you get it together. And so it is more forgiving in Fortnite, but at the same time, like there is that level of teamwork and synergy in Fortnite you can achieve that like, cooler in that rocks. You know, you know, you don't get first yeah, yeah, yeah. at the World Cup. It's not a fluke as in a duo tournament. Yeah. It's not a fluke. Um, yeah. So no, I, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. I, I, um, it's funny. I did a documentary with Ghost at the Fortnite World Cup, following their players around and stuff. And um, long story short, I talked to Aiden and Sean about their journey a little bit, right? And they had a pretty rough one. I mean, they didn't qualify till what, like week nine or week 10, whatever it was, the last mm-hmm. time they could play. Um, and it was, it was, I, I asked both of them, like, was there a time where like, hey, maybe I need to switch it up, maybe to get somebody else. Aiden's basically, the sum of his answer was like, no, because I, this, I had already invested the time with Sean, number one. And number two, he's like, I found out the reason why I teamed with Sean is because he had something I wanted, right? He could tunnel at the end of games and Aiden couldn't tunnel very well. And he knew if I can get somebody that will tunnel me really well and have good teamwork with that person, then I need to keep doing it. And eventually we'll get, we'll get there. 
And I think sometimes the patience level of younger people in general, not even in Fortnite or a game, is a lot lower, right? My, my son's not near as patient as I am. But I think to be really good at any sport, you have to be very patient in those growing times. And I think that's what we'll see as the, as the this, because this game will mature, right? As the people move up and the skill levels are higher at, at, at a little, you know, we'll see it was what average age, of like 16, 15 this time mm-hmm. next year. Some of those kids will be there again. It'll be seven, 16, 17, and it will grow over the next few years to where hopefully it will be more stable, but it's going to be interesting to see how it, how it matures, right? Um, amongst the player base and what really happens. Um, I mean, a lot of people, you know, we see we see a new scrim. Hey, I got a new Discord opening up, right? Something else happens. Somebody else is doing this. It's, dude, it, it is kind of tough. And I, I, I can only believe at y'all's level when you get when you play at that high of a level, it gets even more interesting and more discriminant of like, oh, this we should invite this person, but not invite this other person. And- uh, I have a question for you, Sam, really quickly. So. Do you think mechanically over the last two years, Fortnite, where is that right now is like at its peak more or less mechanically? Um, I want to say build and editing wise, it's not going to get much quicker than this. Just because like, you know, when you, t- the only relevant building in this game, to be honest, in the competitive aspect is the late game tunneling and uh, late game, you know, edit box fighting, whatever. And that's like the only, you know, creative build, free building, whatever. None of that matters in a real game. It really doesn't. Um, and I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't see how much faster you can get with tunneling. You're already, you know, a tunnel is not very hard and that's kind of what you need to do. Right. Yeah. So I think in terms of that, um, you know, editing and box fighting, there's, there's always going to be, you can get better and better, but the building aspect of it, I don't think it's going to get much faster. Uh, but aiming is is there's no end to how good you can be at aiming right yeah so uh eventually we're going to reach a level where literally everyone just only had shots with late late game shotguns and when that time comes it's going to be terrifying (laughs) yeah it definitely will i i think it's interesting that you bring it up too because some of the things uh, i i was i was out at the atlanta braves thing and the guys were showing me from rbk this new thing where you can like lay down a roof piece and how it will push you forward or push you backwards a little bit if you do it just right so you get that little almost like a bunny hop idea right where when you bunny hop you get that little Mm -hmm. extra it's the same idea Mm -hmm. how you use a roof piece to get that i'm like dude when is this gonna stop i'm like you monster like holy cow this is insane right now it's absolutely insane and that that's why i asked her right because like there was a point where we were like no this is the peak dude you're never gonna this is it and then suddenly like someone's like hey by the way if you just walk to the side of your ramp you could side cone hop and like now that's like it's also very useful so i'm always i'm kind of watching the uh the minimalistic like things that you can do but like the big ones right the ones that change the game and actually change the way building and and you know tunneling work and and all that kind of stuff but like i genuinely think that we are like if we're not at the cap already like the innovation for like effective building and tunneling stuff like like we have to be like at the cap or near the cap because i just I always think like, dude, there, there can't be much more, right? There just can't be much I mean, more. What if, if there what is, if, like, how much more is? What there? if we get to change the building one season? Like, see, and that—that's I mean, the that, scary thing. That when could they happen. Just, when they decide, hey, this is a new build, and you need another keybind, or if they say, hey, this roof is not going to work like this anymore, it's going to work like this now. That's yeah. where the game's going to 
I don't know, rage might happen. Right? I think I think it's safe to say. We already see rage. Up. I don't know if you could rage yeah. much more than <laughs> brutes, brutes, brutes every message. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I do want to ask you a little bit. Of, you know, some other things outside maybe of, of Fortnite, exa- you know, particularly, but. Your journey of, you know, going with Tempo Storm, playing with them, and then you joined CLG. I want, I want to talk a little bit about joining CLG, that experience. Give everybody kind of an insight of, like, how that went. Because there's always talks of, like, how is it to be on an org? And you've been on two. So I want to hear a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, so when I first swapped over to Fortnite, um, well, okay, I had, like, two big reasons of swapping, swapping to Fortnite. One heroes you know i was making decent money but i knew that if i wanted a uh something permanent in esports and in the scene i needed another game to get me to that level because heroes is small and fortnite at the time and still is absolutely monstrous so one it was for my longevity and two it was just because there's a hundred million in the scene. You know, everybody's so, wondering, did you know that it was going away though? Did you know Hots was leaving? I knew eventually it would. Eventually, I honestly, I didn't expect it to be that year. But I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, perfect timing for me, I, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It worked out for me. Um, but yeah, so when I, when I joined or when I swapped over to Fortnite, I didn't intend to join any organization unless it was tier one. And so, you know, I got a lot of offers in the past, but I held out until I got a tier one offer that I liked, and that was CLG. And um, I'm very happy that I held out because I see a lot of these players, they're signed to these organizations, and now they're like, you know, they're worth way more than what they signed to, or like they deserve a better organization. But, you know, they were so eager, just, I just want to be a signed player. I just want to be called a pro. I just want a salary. And they didn't end up holding out for like these amazing offers. It could have gotten three months later. Um, but yeah, I mean, since then it's been it's been great. CLG is great. They treat me, you know, all tier ones are you know, they're super professional. Yeah. Treat the players right. And so it's it's been good. What's the coolest thing you've gotten to do on any esports team? What's the maybe the the best thing you've been given, maybe sent to, maybe been sent to to go do? What what is the coolest thing you, you've done as part of an esports org? Um a few months ago, actually, so if you don't know, CLG is owned by Madison Square Garden. And so um, we had like a sponsor event at Madison Square Garden. Sick. It's, yeah, it's sick. And then um, they had someone come off from the New York Knicks, Kevin Knox. And, you know, we were just playing Fortnite together. Um, oh, that's it, sick. it was a pretty sick event, like being at the garden with a basketball player. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that would that would be really awesome. That'd be really awesome. Well, as you look forward to Fortnite, and uh, you know, we got to talk a little bit about this season real quick. The brutes, the brutes. I'm guessing you ha- you you dislike them like everybody else does. Uh, but I, I would like to get your opinion on it, and 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 your op- overarching opinion of playing a game that changes as much as it does. Uh, yeah, you know my. <sighs> Brutes are bad, man. But like to me, I think the worst meta is C4 Dynamite or um, Dynamite Clinger meta. Like I, I don't think people really remember how bad that was. Where like <laughs> a team just throws two C4 at you at any given moment, and your game is done. At least Brutes, you know. Honestly, Brutes they don't even really make it to the end game that often. 
uh, they don't because they all get shot out in, in like actual competitive games. Sure, it sucks if you run into one early game, but you know, same thing with planes. You, you take a fight. There's like five planes. I remember, I remember Secret Skirmish. You took one fight, and there were six planes coming in. Yeah, all trying to third party. <laughs> People don't remember that stuff. You know, you know. I guess that's a bad thing because we're forgetting just how bad uh, some of these decisions have been in the past. Um, Maybe you should make a video monster about remember when so that people don't complain as much now. (laughs) They can remember how bad it was then. Right. No, no. Yeah. I'm, I'm always uh, like, I'm, I'm, I get it. I, I feel where the community comes from, but like Psalm says, we've been through such a ringer. Um, it's almost like, do you like, what do you really expect? Right. Like I think they, 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 and they've said it, Epic games have said it like, Hey, our expectations are for you guys as competitive players. You want to be a competitive player to deal with the wrenches. Like they like kind of said this in black and white. We want our competitive scene or the atmosphere, you know, tournaments, whatever to have these crazy things to be a spectacle. Um, it's intentional and it has been like that. So when, uh, and don't get me wrong, I would love for it to not be like that. I would love for it to be super chiseled out. Like think of it like if, if the competitive scene right now is like, um, you know, a a really chubby kid, like, yes, I would love for it to be not that like trim the fat off. Right. And then get it chiseled down to the point to where this is, this is lean, mean machine right here. Right. Um, yes, I would love that, but it's just not where we're at. We're, we, we have all the extra layers. Um, and that's just is what it is. Yeah. And we've known that too. We, we've known that. That's what you I'm know saying. Like, the games is, man, I'm not, there, there's no surprise there. And I've known this. So like, I don't, I don't get my hopes up ever. I just deal with the shit that comes out. <laughs> and I, everyone, everyone's got to have that season mindset at this point, man. Like stop expecting, just, just adapt and just play. If you don't want to play, quit. You know, it's like, I don't know. I remember all the talk before the World Cup, how many people were going to quit. And I, I feel like more people complain about brutes than people that said they were going to quit now. So that means a lot more people came back after the <laughs> Fortnite World Cup. It's the money. <laughs> so, well, let's, uh, let's close it out here. I want to get a tip and trick from our man, Psalm, real quick. So let's do that. You ask, do we have tips? Of course. And do we have tricks? Oh, yes, we do. So listen up. All right, Psalm. You, we mentioned a little bit earlier. I didn't dive too deep into it because I wanted to get to it here. But I want your keys for staying consistent and focused. How do you stay so consistent? How do you stay so focused? And, and no matter, it seems like no matter what platform you're on, no matter what game you're playing, you seem to, to be calm and chill and collected. It's all about game plan, man. Like you, you need to have an overall game plan and you need to have con- contingency plans for if something in your game plan doesn't go the way you expect it. Um, that way, if you're always prepared, man, nothing's going to take you by surprise. And if nothing takes you by surprise, then it's easy to be consistent and to you know, execute whatever you want to do. If you have no game plan and then you know, someone suddenly is pushing you from this angle, it's like, okay, that's going to change up your whole tournament if you, if you lose that fight. And, um, but if you had a game plan that could have possibly led you to avoid this person's rotation or like a different timing where you, maybe you wouldn't have run into this person. There's a reason for everything. Unless, you know, there's always going to be the outliers randomly, like this guy launches away from a different fight, happens to land on top of you and you have to take a fight. It's different, but that's more rare. And so it's just, it's just game plan, man. 
so being you, how do you deal with those situations? Because you've had to have had them throughout the years where it didn't go the way you wanted. You maybe got a little frustrated. Maybe you got you felt mm-hmm. you felt those competitive, you know, fire inside. You just get even even you know hotter. How would you? Uh, how do you deal with those in those situations? Um, just got to use those opportunities to improve. Honestly, like at the end of the day, if if I am forced to take a fight that I don't want. Well, I had a chance to win that engagement and move on with the game, but I lost it, then that's on me. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I could have won this one versus one. I could have had better aim. I could have edited it better. I could have reset better. I could have built better, whatever. Um, you just got to use it. Like, if you if you want to be a top, top player in, in anything that you do, you can't, you can't be like a puss about your mindset. Like, you can't get down about, you know, you can't, you, you got to, you got to stack up and like admit your mistakes and you know commit to the grind yep get rid get rid of those excuses get rid of the excuses as monster says well guys as always man thank you so much for being here with us son we really appreciate it man it's been a blast uh hearing about your story and uh you know learning from somebody as consistent as you have been Uh, it's been it's been a great time thank you always as for listening Shoot us a review on iTunes. Leave us a comment on Podbean. Send all your complaints directly to Monster at the Fortnite Podcast at gmail.com. Tell us what you like and what you dislike about the show. You can follow us on Twitter at the Fortnite Podcast. Myself, Too Loud TX, the number two L O U D letters T X Monster D Face at Monster D Face M O N S T E R D F A C E and Psalm at Psalm. Real simple, guys. P S A L M. All right, that's it. Psalm, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you throughout the week? Uh, throughout the week, I'll be streaming at Twitch, at Psalm, on Twitter, at Psalm. Instagram, it's CLG underscore Psalm. Uh, you see me posting stories here and there. Uh, but yeah. Awesome. Monster, where can they find you? Uh, as always, guys, at Monster DeFace, uh, preferably on YouTube. Content's up 24-7. Like I said, we're bringing back the VOD reviews. Um, and for our Patreon supporters that always listen to the very end, uh, hey, boys, be uh, be on the lookout for the video that's coming at you guys, which we worked on as well. Yeah. And another thank you to the Meta Master song, uh, you know, for coming on the show today. It was yeah. a fun one. Absolutely. Yeah. Can't, can't wait, man, to, to have you back on. And, you know, maybe next time take that first place, you know, and then come on the show. <laughs> Yeah, I'll try, man. (laughs) We'll see, man. Guys, as always, and until next time, dance out those kills and boast in those victory royales. Mm -hmm.